Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ DeMers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 178 for Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing, huh? This is uh, the podcast where I tell you about me recovering from wisdom teeth extraction. What I thought would be a 24-hour endeavor was significantly longer. This episode is, of course, late because I didn't feel like talking for an entire week while I played with stitches and other things like that. Um, I'll also tell you about a lot of the movies that I sat on my ass and watched this week. Because that's kind of all I did was I laid in bed in and out of sleep in and off of uh, on and off of painkillers, all sorts of things. So it's been, it's going to be basically a lot of movie talk. And I remember the first thing I did, uh, I actually uh, told you guys last week about a box I was going to be putting together for a friend. Well, I put that box together and shipped it. Um, and then yeah, some games that I played. I did again a lot of fucking around. And thank God I wasn't doing any work. I had a little bit of a two week layover with the Nespresso gig. So I was able to just kind of recover and dick around, but I'm very excited guys. I'm super excited. I'm always excited when I get to, to have a co-host with me and share another person that's in my life. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be having my guest, uh, pal, Angie from Texas. Aloha. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. It's like a Hawaiian thing. You're like, Hey, yo, what's up? Aloha. The, th- this, the funny thing is I legitimately meant to say, Ola <laughs> with Aloha because I'm an idiot. That's what I do. So thank you, Angie, for, for, for joining me this week here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Let me tell you, it's the best anytime I can have my friends on. And, uh, so yeah, I, I basically will be talking about me recovering from wisdom teeth extraction. So I was kind of back to hanging out with you guys in the evenings because, uh, you know, I wasn't working nights and whatnot. Um, you had yours out a while ago, right? Cause you were kind of one of the people that was telling me sort of what to expect. No, I've never, uh, I was a dental assistant. Oh, right, right. You were telling me kind of some of the stuff that I could expect and whatnot. I remember we yeah. were talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, I think you were like the only person who kind of set proper expectations for me. You're like, it's going to, you know, it's going to be not great for a little while. Yeah, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is like, yeah, it's like a day. And then you, you just, you know, put some ice on it or whatever. It sucked. It sucked. Yeah. And I talked about it on the last episode, so I won't make people relive the actual surgery part. But I remember... That first night I couldn't, I, I, I struggled to sleep for the first few days. It was really difficult for me to, to fall asleep because I was in so much pain. And then with constantly shifting like ice packs and then taking them off and putting them back on and just painkillers every two hours, it was tough to sleep. So all I did was watch, like put something on, watch it, maybe fall asleep. But if I fell asleep, I'd wake up like 40 minutes later because of the pain. So yeah. I was in a, in a constant, like two, two and a half hour cycle of taking the Tylenol threes. Yeah. 
So I watched a lot of like garbage. I watched garbage. I'll talk about that in a minute. I'm actually going to tell everybody what I was eating for the first few days. So, <laughs> and then I'll move on because I, I would say that the first day. So, so I think the first night afterwards, more than 24 hours later, I had my first food. It was strictly water for like 24 hours. Cause the idea of eating anything and I could feel the stitches like on my tongue. They were like a good, they felt like a good, like centimeter to an inch. So that's for you guys, half an inch to like an inch sticking <laughs> out. Cause I just like move my tongue and I'm like, why is this thing like in the middle of my tongue? Like, did he not trim yeah. it down a little bit? But oh, wow. I could feel the stitches and just made me feel like I was going to fuck everything in my mouth up. And I remember, uh, you know, my mom called and she's like, can I get you anything? I'm like soup. She's like, do you want me to come in and make it? I'm like, no, I have soup here. I can make, I don't even, I just want, I want to be delivered food. <laughs> I just know I, I want soup, but I don't want to have to do anything. Like I want to get out of bed. It's already ready to go. And then kind of like slowly, I don't even know how to describe how I was eating. I was eating like, I like roll my tongue into a U shape and then kind of just like pour stuff. Cause I was trying to keep everything away from my teeth and my holes. Right. Yeah, so just yeah. kind of like almost like a little fucking water slide for the soup. But it was like chicken noodle. So it had like, you know, peas and carrots and little bits of chicken. And of course that shit would like get stuck like in the sides of my mouth and stuff. And so I was like, and you're not allowed to like swish, right? No, so yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I, I just kind of like tilt my head from side to side, like oh letting God. the water rinse, like just flush over it. So some of the stuff came out, some of it didn't, but. I don't think I brushed my teeth for like three days. They're like, oh, you go ahead and brush if you want, but not with a Sonic thing. And I don't have one. So I had to like find, go through all my drawers and find a toothbrush that I could just use to like gingerly brush. But like I, my, my mouth was so swollen that I couldn't even open my mouth all the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess the, the, the muscle around the jaw was all swollen. So I couldn't even open my mouth. Like the idea of like putting a, toothbrush in my mouth was like I can't open it wide enough to fit it in between the teeth basically so oh, wow. yeah it was it wasn't like the worst thing but i'm just like again i'm not it wasn't eating a lot either but okay. i think the funny thing was i got the teeth out on tuesday uh-huh i did uh <laughs> i stayed home all day wednesday and then i got stir crazy thursday <laughs> and i went out and i got all those those things so i was on painkillers and stuff i actually did okay but but I went out and I found like the, the chocolate bars and everything. And I was sad to say that the only thing I couldn't get on my list was the Doritos ketchup. I couldn't get them in a, in a small enough format that it would have made sense to ship. Yeah. So okay. in, in case you tried them and you made, you know, and you hated them, I was like, okay, well, there's no sense in sending something giant, but, uh, that's what I did on Thursday. And then I was just kind of like this slow process of just trying to get back to food. So I know that, uh, while I was out shopping, I was mm -hmm. fucking hungry. So half of the things I bought that day were for you and half of them were for me. So I ended up getting like these Mick. Do you guys have Michelinas in the States? No, no. It's like, it's just like a frozen fettuccine or frozen macaroni, frozen lasagna, like microwavable oh. dinners or whatever. Oh, and okay. normally they were, you know, normally you'd be like, eh, tastes like a dollar meal, but oh, okay. I see. But I was so fucking hungry because they were on sale. That's why I bought them. I wouldn't go, oh yeah, that, but they were on yeah. sale. I was like, oh, I'll get some. And, I'm, and you're hungry, shopping hungry. Everyone knows you don't do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to get these Michelinas. I made one, I think like the fettuccine offered. I'm like, that's just noodles and sauce. It should be mm -hmm. fine. 
they got little pieces of pepper and I didn't realize until after I made it. And I was like, oh shit, that's going to get stuck in my, my holes and whatnot. But I, I made that and I cut it all up like a kid. You know what I mean? You can give a kid, you can't give a long noodle. It'll hang himself with it. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I got to cut it up all small so I can shoot yeah. it down the water slide of my tongue. You know what I mean? To nourish. <laughs> oh my God. You think I was eating a steak dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like with how delicious it tastes after like two full days of like not having, like having soup, I had soup once and I was just like, this is so fucking good. And I lost my mind. I think I went back the next day and I bought like 10 of every, of every one of them. And I'm like, this is what I'm eating. Dollar meals. So good. I now have a freezer full of, of fucking microwavable dinners. And I'm like, not in a hurry to eat, but they were so good. It was a, it was a sip of water to a man in the desert. Let me tell you it. It was like, Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it was, yeah. But I, I was eating Michelina's pastas soup. I had some yogurt and the yogurt I had had uh, was raspberry. Oh, okay. But it was raspberry. So it had the little raspberry seeds in it. Like me yeah. trying to avoid little seeds and things was brutal. <laughs> I had bagels, but I was like, can't do it. They'll, they'd be crunchy and whatnot. And then they had like everything bagels. So it was like sesame, poppy seeds, yeah. like all the shit on them. Anyways, this is very boring for everyone, I'm sure. But all I'm saying is I did days of eating like prisoner food. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> continental breakfast where little bits of fruit pieces and stuff. That is the one thing I mentioned on the last podcast that one of my friends brought fruit trays to our, uh, our little um, barbecue. And we never oh. ended up opening them. I was like, score, I'll let these ripen a little bit. But they were from Walmart, so the fruit was so fucking hard. You're like, how oh, is watermelon this hard to bite through? Do you know what I mean? Anyways, wow. yeah. yeah. I mean, so I'm just like, I'm just gonna let it let it age. <laughs> I'll let it ripen so that it's so soft that I can chew it. But I think it turned to vinegar in the sauce. Like it turned into like prison <laughs> toilet wine from all the juices just sitting there fucking fermenting or whatever. Can't win. Can't win. But uh anyways. So I watched some flicks. That's what I spent the vast majority of my time doing is I started watching it. I watched Creed 2. Have you seen that? No, I've never seen seen the Creed. No. Have you seen any of the Rocky movies? The Rocky ones? I think I saw the first one, but I was a little girl. Okay, fair. The Rocky movies are classics. You gotta see them. Like, okay. Yeah, and they're 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 about like the the underdog, the heart, the the drive to keep going more than they are about just boxing. Oh, okay. Yeah, like there's a legitimate Rocky statue in Philadelphia, and he's not oh, yeah. even a real dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, that's how my, that's how proud they are of this fictional character. And even Bill Burr has a great joke about how like you know that nobody of any character has ever come from Philadelphia, considering like the only statue of someone is a fictional <laughs> character. <laughs> but uh i watched creed too so you basically have like five or six rocky movies and then uh-huh. the first creed came out and the idea with creed is that this kid is the son of apollo creed who was like the initial rival and then friend of rocky balboa okay so whatever they were enemies in the first movies and they become friends for him to fight another guy and then in the fourth rocky movie apollo uh-huh. creed the father fights this Russian dude, Ivan Drago, and he kills him in the ring. He he gets killed in the ring boxing. So then right at the end of the movie, Rocky has to go to Russia to fight this guy. And of course he's Rocky. He wins. Okay. But in Creed, 
it's like Apollo Creed had this son he didn't know about. So, so he's basically coming back and he's in his father's shadow and whatever he's going to be. Bucks. And of course, Rocky meets him. Hey, let me tell you who your dad was and all this shit. Well, and then the second one, Creed two, uh, he fights the son of Ivan Drago, the guy who killed his father. So it's it's not, it's really, yeah, it's just like layered shit. I mean, if you've, if you've watched and grown up with the Rocky movies, like it all makes sense, but balls, balls movie. It was stupid. <laughs> there was no part that made me give a fuck about any of the characters and the bringing Ivan Drago's son to fight him who, you know, son of the guy who killed your father. Yeah. Gimmick didn't, didn't pay off. Rocky four, one of the best movies you could ever see. Really? Yeah. So good. In fact, it was one of those ones like, you know, TBS, like the old station or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those movies that TBS would be playing all the time. Oh wow! Yeah, and and it's one it's one of those ones like I saw Rocky four probably ten times before I saw any of the other Rocky movies. So, but they're good. Like they're good story. Like Sylvester Stallone. There's a reason he keeps going back to that character and everything like that. It's a really good story of like an underdog, you know, and not just like oh you're gonna lose, but the idea of somebody who like you know never made something of themselves and then and then keep it like heart. Basically, it's a movie about about like what you can do with heart. It doesn't matter. How many times you get knocked down? It matters how many times you could get. You know, what is it? Or is it? Doesn't matter how many beatings it takes. It matters how many times you get back up and keep going. Yeah, you know? I heard him say that. You, you get harder, yeah, but that's like that's like some of the sayings from Rockies. It matters how many times you can get hit and keep coming back. Anyways, I can understand him. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. You basically just gibberish. <laughs> you can do, uh, <laughs> but decent movie. Uh, didn't did like the Rocky movie's great. Creed two, eh? I didn't. I didn't even finish the first Creed movie until until I saw oh, the trailer. Yeah. Eh, I saw the trailer for the second one. I was like, oh, I haven't drawn. Here's a gimmick. That's all it was. Um, I watched the Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Did you no. see that? No. It's relatively not- new. Uh, I think I watched it on Amazon Prime. Oh, I believe it's also on Crave TV. I don't think you guys have that in States, but yours be like, maybe like a Hulu or something. Hmm. And it, some chick, she's haunted by her dead husband. He's like, he's got like in, invisibility and he comes back and, and it's one of those ones where she can't get anyone to believe that she's being, you know, playing her or who's uh, the actor? some chick from, I think the hands may, well here, you know what the, the, the magic of, of, uh, internet, I got IMDB oh. right here. So let's find out who she is. I think she was in The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Invisible. The Invisible Man. It is Elizabeth. Uh, Where the fuck is it? Come on. Elizabeth Moss. Oliver Jackson Cohen. Harriet something. See full cast and crew. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I've never seen it. Is it like a horror movie? It looks like a horror movie. supposed to be. It's like horror suspense. It definitely wasn't horror. I I can't say for a second it was horror. It was definitely uh, suspenseful and whatnot, oh, okay. but it got like a really high score on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's kind of like my, my go-to because mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes is like a mix of critic reviews and, and, you know, customer reviews. And then they just blend it together into a percentage out of a hundred. So okay. usually when it's like, you know, anything over like 70%, you're like, okay, it's a half decent movie, you know? Oh, okay. So I find, and this was like, like high eighties or or low nineties. So I was like, oh shit. Well, fuck it. Why not? Why not just 
love it. I, I, I like to watch it. Well, that's what I thought. Uh, I'm going to give you the actual score. So I'm not full of shit. Rotten tomatoes. 91%. Is that why we already fuck? How the fuck did you get this so fast? Oh, I Googled it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it just came up in the Google result. Yeah. 91%. So there you go. Like, and that usually means like, I'm going to leave right. that up in case we have to search something else. But, uh, that usually means like, Hey, uh, the movie's absolutely incredible. So I was like, great. My roommate, Simon was like, Oh, it's a great movie. You got to see it. And what the fuck? Why is iMovie opening? I didn't click you. iMovie. Um, yeah. Uh, Simon was like, Oh, great movie. And I was like, all right. I watched it. I was like, okay, it's gonna be great. Lots of suspense. Invisible man. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. Boring. Oh, really? Boring. There was a couple of scenes. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, I thought you were going to say that it was a good movie, that it was something that was going to be interesting, but really it was boring. It was boring. It wasn't a terrible movie. It was average. The, pro, the what, what made it like fucking garbage to me was the fact that here I am hyped up for this 91% movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, let's have let's have some fun here because you and I talk about some of the classic movies that we like. Um, oh, yeah. So just for fun, if I take into Rotten Tomatoes, let me put in something like uh, Labyrinth. Let's see what Labyrinth got. So mm-hmm. 1986. Let's see if it even has a tomato score. Uh, yeah, there you go. 72% for Labyrinth. Oh okay. wow! Yeah. Um, what's what's another like classic? I'm, I'm, Back to the Future came to my mind. Okay. Sorry. Legend. Yeah. Legend's yeah. another one. I'll bring that one up. So back to the future, that back to the future. Oh. Great fucking movie. No question. Yeah. Great fucking movie. 80% is what the wow. Rotten Tomato score is there. What's, what's one of recent years? Would you think that's uh well, we, we said legend. That was a Ridley Scott movie. So legend. Oh, there's a, Oh yeah. There's the Tom Hardy one that came out 61. By the way, I like that better legend. Okay. Get this. Legend got 38%. So it, it is considered a rotten tomato. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't mind that movie. I really didn't. Actually, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a movie I really enjoyed when I was young. So let's let's see what uh, the critic reviews. One, This person liked it. It said, Legend is not without whimsical touches, but it surely could have used more humor and invention. Okay. This person who didn't like it said, I don't want to remember any more about legend than to make sure I include it in my worst films of 1986 list and never rent it when it comes out as a video cassette video cassette. And he wrote that in March 27th, 2019. That's Joe. I think it must've been added, but it's from Gene Siskel. So Siskel and Ebert Gene shit on it. And he wanted to add it to his worst movies. I didn't fucking hate it. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but looks like again, according to, to audience reviews and everything, like audience scored at 73%. And I think that the critics, it was like, like the tomato meter counts 38%, but I just, that's my go-to is like, so oh. back to the future gets 80% invisible man gets 91. So that's what I was working with going. Okay. Uh, well, if it's getting 91, then it's gotta be a good ass movie. Like, like Christopher Nolan shit and, you know, Martin Scorsese and, uh, Tarantino, like those guys, when they put out movies, they get those really mm-hmm. high scores. So I watched this and I was like, I don't know where the fuck this 91% came from. So, you know what, what? I mean? Like yeah, if, yeah. if, if people overhype a movie, when you see it, if it's anything more than just average, you're like, no, mm-hmm. that was not what I expected. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, invisible man, 
just thumbs down. It was, it was kind of like a, it's one of those ones too, where like you'd think with a good suspense movie, they kind of make sense of where everything comes from. Didn't, it was just like a bunch of like jumps and then, and then kind of nothing. And you're like, okay, well, how did it get this higher rating with no story? Okay. Did you ever see the movie? What lies beneath? Yeah. With Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To me, that was a great, great, uh, thriller horror, but it was scary. There's some ghosts and shit in it. But I yeah. love that movie. But it was, yeah. Oh, I loved it too. I went to go get about the DVD back when DVD was, <laughs> you know, in and stuff. But yeah, it is a good way. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah, because well, it's so it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Shockingly enough, the Back to the Future guy. He directed Back to the Future. He directed uh, Forrest Gump. He directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's another good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like all these like classic kind of like movies with cutting edge, like, cause even Forrest Gump had a lot of like, uh, footage of him superimposed in like classic meetings of like John Lennon and, and things like that. So Robert Zemeckis is always kind of doing something, but he did what lies beneath as well. And mm-hmm. what I liked about that movie is it was almost like three different kinds of horror movies in one or suspense movies, I should say. Cause in the yeah. beginning of the movie, the wife suspects that the neighbor is a killer and she's watching him with bodies and she thinks that he killed his wife and everything like that. And then the second sort of horror thing happens where it's like this ghost is now tormenting her in the house. It's not the killer next door. It's a ghost that's tormenting her. And then finally the third act where it's like, Oh my God, the real killer is, you know, spoiler alert, you know, freedom, whatever. But but just like that, that, so it was like three different levels of kind of scary movie in one. And I thought it was really well done, but that one that, that came to mind is like whole, like you kind of, all of the scares and everything you're going through in the movie Yeah. at the end, it makes sense. Everything that happened mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like, Oh, wasn't that a scary movie? Well, what's the explanation? Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was, that was yeah. the, the invisible man. So I was kind of like, eh, I'm trying to cross out these. Yeah. I watched uh Harley Quinn's birds of prey. Mm-mm. Oh, you don't like superhero movies. Yeah. Um, stupid, stupid, stupid movie. Um, I don't think it made me laugh. I didn't find it particularly good. And, uh, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking okay. of birds, uh, I saw spies in disguise. Have you seen that? No, not even, no, no, I don't have time to see movies. <laughs> no, I, it's, I, I can't remember where I watched it. It might've been in prime or whatever it is. It's, it's Will Smith and Tom Holland. Oh, okay, yeah, no, definitely haven't seen it. No. Um, I'm finding that like those animated movies are are very hit or miss now. I have I have bitched about Pixar as of late on on previous episodes. How it used to be, uh, you guys can't see this, but Angie's wearing a, a Toy Story shirt. She's a big fan of Woody. Um, so no, that's cool. Like I I was talking about how it used to be a time where if a movie came out and it was like Pixar Studios presents, I'm like it's going to be dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever they put out was good. And then I started to talk about how like the whole, you know, uh, Wally, I didn't love like, like first half was cute. Second half was shit. And then it was just kind of like brave and other kind of sequels to movies, cars too. And they started to just put out all these movie uh, monsters universe. They started, they started doing sequels to everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was so many titles. Like, like I just didn't like, like, 
I think like Ratatouille was one of the last good ones that I enjoyed. And there's the odd one that's good. Like Inside Out was fine. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. Anyways, they've, the audience has heard me bitch about this before, but I'm at a point now where like, same thing with DreamWorks. DreamWorks was great. It was like Shrek was good and DreamWorks had a couple other ones that were good properties. And then, I don't know. It's almost like, let's just, let's just do as many as we can. Somebody said Coco was really good, but I didn't see it. It is? I would recommend Coco, yeah. Yeah? Coco okay. Really, really, really good. I would recommend it. Okay. I was probably just like, all right, it's a bunch of dead mariachi bands or something i guess i didn't watch the trailer but i was like it's a story of a dead mariachi band <laughs> like well, it's very interesting because it's not like again uh it's not my culture because it's deep deep in mexico but um it was interesting to learn what they do for their families that have passed and to keep them on going and moving on to keep them alive still so it was really interesting and i loved it and i told my mom to watch it and my mom loved it as well she thought it was interesting too the what they do deep, you know, in Mexico on how to keep their family relatives that have, have passed away, you know, ongoing on and stuff, but it, I don't want to give too much away, but it's, it's oh, I don't really- know if anyone's going to watch it. I, I haven't, well, actually I, I should watch it. I should take your recommendation. I just, I, I, and now every time one of these movies comes out, I watched, um, a while back I saw, uh, onward. That was the one that I saw the Pixar one. Oh, yes, and that yes. one's Tom Holland as well with, uh, Chris Pratt and it was cute. It was cute. It wasn't bad, but I, I actually saw Kevin's yeah. Kevin Smith was like in tears reviewing that movie, talking about how, like if, if he spent the rest of his life making movies, he'd still never make anything as good as onward. It was such a heartwarming story. And he's like, yeah. man, it made me want to call my brother and I miss my dad and all these things like that. And I was like, okay. I did. I cried. I cried. I will admit it, it made, it made me cry. It hit, it hit home a little bit. It was just like, Whoa, like, this, um, I don't know. This is awesome how some of these cartoon movies they um, make them to where you actually put feelings into them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I would. Uh, that's another one. Uh, you've seen it, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't cry. You kind of emotional. Well, it, it was almost like I. I. Well, I, here's the thing: is, is I could see what they were doing when he made his list of what he wanted to do with his dad. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. as they were doing it in the movie, I saw it happening. I go, he's doing everything that was on the list. It's his brother who's going to be his father figure and everything like that. So, oh, okay. so I, I, yeah, like sometimes I don't know. I that's that's what kind of sucks about sometimes working in in the entertainment industry, or whatever. Like it's the same with jokes, right? I I watch stand up the same way. Is oh, when the, okay. as soon as a comic starts setting up the joke. I'm going, I'm going, he said this, he said that. And it's kind of like pieces. And then you're almost trying to put it together. And to me, I, I don't want to be able to put it together with the pieces faster than you actually put it together. So sometimes a comic will be like, well, it was this and this. And I go, yeah, he's going to say this. And then he's like, and then guess what? I did that. I'm like, yeah, it's exactly what I said. And I got there faster than you did. So I like my comedy to surprise me a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I like it when I'm like, oh, I didn't see you there's comics who are really funny who actually do a funny job of giving you pieces Nothing. that make you put it together a certain way. And then they hit you from over here. So they're actually, they know that you're going to be trying to put it together and they give you pieces. And then when the punchline hits, it's not what you expected. And so you're like, Oh, like it's a good, it's a really, really good one. John okay. door, John door from Ottawa is a mm-hmm. fucking great comic. He he's lives in the I think he lives in Alaska now, but he lived in in Los Angeles. He was on Conan and a bunch of things. 
Um, and John had this great joke where he was like, you know, uh, this was like right after Obama got, uh, became president. And he was like, I have like a four-year-old nephew who's like, Uncle John, Uncle John, will there ever be a white president in my lifetime? And he goes, and he goes, he goes, this is so funny. How do you explain to a four-year-old, you know, hey, Billy, you have leukemia. (laughs) Or as he calls it, or as he calls it, (laughs) ukema. He's so stupid. It's probably for the best. But that's the thing, right? When he's setting up the joke, like you don't think he's like, will there ever be a white in my lifetime? And it's like, well, no, you're going to die. So no, not, you know, like, but he does, he does a really good job of making you think that he's going in one direction and then completely sidetracking you with something else. Okay. Yeah. So you're good at reading stuff like that. What's that? So you're good at, you're good at reading stuff like that. Well, the, the idea is that I'm just, you're, you're used to looking for the pieces. Cause you know that in every movie, like in every scene, there's a reason for every scene that they're, they're giving you something. Even just like when someone's talking about something, like if you're, if you're, the beginning of a movie and someone's like, Oh, you know, move your, move your backpack. I keep tripping over it. Like, you know, that there's a reason that they mentioned that, you know what okay. I mean? Because later on in the movie, maybe they're running from a murderer and they trips over the fucking backpack or something like that. You know what oh. I mean? Like, you know, when it's like, Oh, I'm really good at golf or whatever. Okay. We like later on, he's going to find a golf club and hit the ball. And I, I mean, that really it's like, but they never, for the most part, like 95% of the time, they don't address and say and do things just because just so it sounds like they're having a conversation, like everything is in there for a reason. And so when you see the list beforehand in, in onward, I'm like, those things are, you know, like it could just be like, Hey, there's some things he wants to do with his dad. But as soon as like he did the second thing on the list with Farley, I'm like, these are the things from his list. So this is him reinforcing that this is his father figure. You know what I mean? And they all have three acts, right? All, all things have three acts. There's the first act, the second act, and then the closing yeah. right? So where the conflict becomes its highest. And then the resolution at the end, but it's just, so yeah. So I personally, when I saw the list and then saw some of the things on the list happening with his brother, I was like, makes sense. Oh, wow. And how the, yeah. Really? Okay. I didn't know until like, again, when it, when he was at the very end, when, He's like, I'm not going to see my dad. And he's just sitting with his dad and he's then realizing it. And then that's when it hit me. And I was like bawling my eyes yeah. out. Like, no. Oh, oh, my, my chest, my chest got tight too. Like it was, it was still nice, but I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck you for manipulating me this way. Like I, <laughs> I know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So, but it was, I mean, it was still one of the better ones that I saw for a while. And it was, um, it was, it was cute. How it was done. Like I said, just sometimes when you do things like, I don't know if you know much about home renovation. But like, there's like a magic that's lost once you start to get into construction and stuff. Once you've done renovations and you know what it looks like behind the wall and you know how everything works, there's a bit of a, like a mystery and a mystique that's gone. You know what I mean? And then you just, and then, and then you start walking into rooms and you're, you can see all the little errors and shit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, someone did a fuck, you know, as opposed to just looking at it as a whole, you know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah. I don't know. That's, that's kind of, I mean, it's just kind of the way it is for, for entertainment stuff with me now is you're looking at something and, and a lot of the time you can even see where like the edits are and you're like, Oh, they're going to have to edit that. Or I wonder how many takes that took or whatever. Oh, it is. wow, That's very interesting to know. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons that I don't like to edit the podcast is that I like it more authentic. Like instead of cutting it up and trying to shorten it and every time something comes in, it just, it's, it's more real everyone gets to to hear that that one hour moment in time with me sitting here and just 
talking to my wall whenever I don't have a guest like yourself here. <laughs> but Spies in Disguise, also Tom Holland. He was in Onward um, and plays a very similar sort of young, goofy kid or whatever. And Will Smith plays a spy who turns into a pigeon and then back to it. It's just. Wow. Yeah, it's just boring. Um, I mean, like, again, these are kids movies. This is, this is, this is the one man podcast where Josh watches a children's movie and then bitches about it because I didn't like, I didn't feel it spoke to me. Uh, <laughs> you watch the trailer, right? It was Will Smith as a pigeon. I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, but what are we, what else do we have here? I, uh, okay. That's it from, Oh, uh, have you ever seen the movie odd Thomas? Odd Thomas. No. Odd Thomas. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Good movie. Really? Not, not the best. Let's let's, since it's open, I want to see what the rotten tomatoes gave it. Odd Thomas is what it's called. And it had Anton Yeltsin in it, who was in everything. Fuck you. 38% rotten tomatoes. 38%. 38% yeah. They didn't, they, they didn't like it. They did not like it. Um, odd Thomas had Anton Yeltsin in it. He was in a bunch of movies like Charlie Bartlett he was in Terminator um, Salvation. Oh. He played young John, uh, sorry, he played Kyle Reese, okay. uh, yeah, John yeah. Connor's father. Um, oh. But he played Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies. Uh, he was in a bunch of things, but he was a young actor and he died, uh, I think in 2016 or 17. Uh, he, yeah. his, his SUV like pinned him against a gate and he, he died oh, that's or whatever. Him? That's yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anton Yeltsin, uh, A-N-T-O-N-Y-E-L-C-H-I-N. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a really good actor. He was on his way up. Oh, are you still there, Angie? It's frozen. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I can still hear you. I just can't see it yet. So oh, okay. yeah, the, um, I was kind of a, kind of a bummer when he died. Cause I liked his movies. Like he was good at everything. And it was, he's the main character in, in odd Thomas. Okay. You were frozen on my end as well. And I was going to take a picture cause I wanted you to see it. You were stuck with your eyes like. <laughs> crossed up but you were looking up and i was trying my best not to laugh <laughs> well you could laugh that's funny um yeah so odd thomas is a cool movie where he plays kind of like uh someone who can see that like it's like the if it's like if the sixth sense was good okay so he plays someone who can see dead people okay and and these other creatures and things. So it's kind of like he, he solving supernatural kind of crimes or whatever. But then of course there's a bigger story involved. Do you need yeah. to do the phone? Uh, it's a Sorry. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So anyways, uh, odd Thomas, he sees like, you know, he sees dead people, but then there's also these other things called like Bodocs, which are like these like spirits and things that yeah. kind of follow bad people around. So they're almost like how he kind of, they're his compass to find these things. Bunch of cool things. So it's kind of like a, a murder mystery, but supernatural. It has some fun elements. It's cute. It's funny. Um, some pretty good, like kind of like jump scares. Um, okay. but fun, fun movie. I thought overall. Um, and I think it was one of the, like the last ones he did before he died. Um, wow. yeah, but there was some movies still coming out after his death, but, uh, but good actor, good actor, good kid. Um, yeah. I, I I feel like he's one of those ones who would have been like continuously like doing good movies like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not good looking like him, but he had shitloads of talent. And you're like, this is a guy who continued to just yeah, keep playing shit, you know, like, and to have that resume, like in Terminator, in Star Trek, in, in, you know, he was in Charlie Bartlett with, uh, Robert Downey Jr. So well, like, well, he also did, uh, alpha, uh, he alpha dog. 
Oh, was he in that? Yeah, he was the kid. He played the kid out that they kidnapped. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Oh, you never saw that one? It's it's based on a true story. It is really good. Justin Timberlake comes out on that one as well. Yeah, and I know that the other kid there, um, the one from Um, The Girl Next Door or whatever, Oh yeah! Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm gonna have to get his name or I'm never gonna move on in my life. I know, um, and, and it's gonna come to me like right before the girl next door. Uh, Emil Hirsch, because I knew he had one of those stupid like. Names. Oh, that is. But yeah, Emil Hirsch. Oh, the girl next door. Whoa, what is this? Stacy Valentine, Jack Gallagher. This is a fucking sexy cover to a movie. What is this? Oh, come on, give me the, the actress's name. Is there a name? Oh, this is a documentary, a documentary by Christine something, the housewife to porn star, the girl next door. And oh, it, wow. how the fuck do I find this? And it's got a 91% score. I don't know. Oh. So, okay. So here's the movie info to the, sorry, sorry listeners, but I found something a little more interesting at the moment. <laughs> Christine Fugate's look into the porn career of Stacy Valentine begins during the marriage that led her to the industry, when Stacy wins a Hustler magazine contest that her husband urged her to enter, she's thrust into a world of opportunities. Wow. He told her to get into it, and then she gets into porn. She leaves her husband, what a bitch, uh, <laughs> and moves to Los Angeles, where she, yeah, honey, you're beautiful. You should you should submit your pictures to this magazine. And then they're like, yes, you are beautiful. I am? Well, see you later, sucker. I'm off to get plowed. Um <laughs> She leaves her husband and moves to Los Angeles where she pursues acting in hardcore porn films. Candid footage from Valent Candid or graphic? Because I don't give a fuck about Candid. I care about graphic there. Um, Candid footage from Valentine's life explores her multiple plastic surgeries. Gross. Uh, Her tumultuous relationship with a fellow actor and her personal issues, of which I'm sure there are many. Uh, (laughs) Jesus. Stacey Valentine, Jack Gallagher as himself, Russell Hampshire, never heard of him himself, president and VCA pictures, Veronica Hart, Brandon Ladd, Julian, Julian, that's all it says, just Julian as himself. Oh, that Julian? I want to read one of these people's reviews. Uh, Oh, you know what? It's all guys reviewing it. Okay. I was waiting to see like one female reviewer with like a rotten tomato. This is disgusting. This guy says as a behind the scenes, sorry, as a behind the scenes life of the sex industry, you get the same fascinating bird's eye view that Paul Thomas Anderson gave you in Boogie Nights. I doubt that very much. Um, then there's these two people that give it tomatoes and it just says, quote, not available. And then a guy who didn't, a guy who didn't like it, quote, not available. This, here's a chick. I got to read what Beth Accomando said. The girl next door shows porn star Stacey Valentine's fierce determination to do whatever it takes to succeed in her chosen profession. Isn't that any chick in her chosen profession? If she's fucking somebody in that business, isn't that doing whatever it takes, regardless of the profession? <laughs> Director Fugate's accomplishment is to turn this Barbie doll caricature into a fully realized human being. It's not his fucking job to do that. Anyways, all right. So that was that. Emil Hirsch was what we were looking for from uh, Smoke Dog or whatever, Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog, yeah. Ben Foster and Sharon Stone and Bruce Willis also came out in that one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a lot of a lot of famous uh, actors, like, uh, what is it called when they're list A or whatever? Oh, A-listers or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, they came out in that movie. Um, but it's, it's a real good movie. It's uh, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's sad. Because it is based on a true story, and they're telling you, not telling you, they're showing you the what he went throughout the entire day. And, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't want to give too much away, but it's, it's a good, it's a good movie. It's a yeah. Good movie. 
I'm always willing to give it a shot. What happens? Oh, I want to see if I can move myself. How do I move myself around on the screen? Share your screen. Well, I don't mind doing that. What is this? Exit full screen? Do I uh, have to do that? No, you don't have to do anything. I'm, oh, just, okay. I'm just trying to find where, okay, there's me tucked in, but can I move me? I guess not. I'll go fuck myself. Uh, I've literally got my, my, like just a little bit of laptops cut off from the mic and it's just happens to be my, oh. my stupid face. So, <laughs> so you have to look at it, but I don't. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that was, I think, Odd Thomas. The only other thing that I watched, um, I put some movies kind of like I want to watch them. And I thought I'd ask you, are you, are you a scary movie fan? I do, but I have to watch them with my husband. Okay. I can't watch them alone. Yeah. Okay. I have to watch them. I'm kind of like that. I have to watch them with your husband too. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I, <laughs> I generally speaking have to like, usually I like watching horror movies with someone else. Um, uh-huh. I will watch them alone, but it has to be during the day. Do you know what I mean? Because I have a very overactive imagination and a closet door that won't close. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I I put on a few. Um, I watched. Uh, I might save this for the next podcast. You know what? I will. I'm going to make a note right now and put this on the next podcast. Just because. Did you watch the boys? The boys. No. It's kind of superhero-y, so I would imagine you probably wouldn't like it. Oh, okay, then no. Okay. Yeah. Which is fair. Which is fair. Um, there you go. Now I can take it off the list of stuff to talk about this episode. Fuck that show. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, I, I, we have a lot of shit to talk about still, and we're at the 40 minute mark. See, it's flying by easy. Oh, peasy. Wow. Yeah. Are you having fun? Yeah. Good. This is different for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Well, did you, do you have any, like, so it's October and I, I kind of like to watch, I mean, I like watching scary movies all the time. Unfortunately, you kind of have to watch like, usually it's like somewhere between five and 10 bad scary movies for every good one that you get. Yeah, that's true. And I, I saw a movie, uh, I got a couple of them that I'm, I'm lining up there. The new, uh, what is it? The haunting at something bra house, ply house, bry house, something like that is on oh. Netflix. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it, but again, I'm not going to watch it without my husband. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found the first one. It came off a little scary at first because like House on Haunted Hill and all those movies were pretty fucking creepy. And oh, yeah. Did you see the one from Netflix last time or last time? Uh, like about two, three years ago? The Haunting, on Hill, Haunting on Hill House or whatever? Or something like that. Yeah. From it's the same people that's doing the, the Haunting at Bly House. Oh. Same nice. actors and everything. So they got the same cast back to tell this story. Yeah. So is it, is it like going to blend with the first one? Okay. So this is totally different. A different story, different haunting, whatever. So, but I, but I found like when I first, first came out, I was like, Ooh, haunting at Hill house. And like, again, a good score on Rotten Tomatoes I was like, okay. But I found that it, it would have like one or two jump scares in an episode. And then the rest of it was kind of like a really long winded story. Oh, Do you know wow. what I mean? Like, I yeah. felt like it could have been over in like three episodes instead. And then for, you, you watched it, right? I haven't watched it yet. No, no. The, the first one, the Hill house one Oh, the first one, yes, yes. with the wife and you know, like that first episode mm-hmm. where something's chasing them down the hall and then you find out, Oh, it was just the mother or whatever. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. like, and then every time they see a monster, it was just themselves warning themselves in the future or something like that. Oh my like, gosh. Like the one, the, the lady at the. The bent, the bent neck lady. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But then you're just like, oh, but it's just, that's just them. Like looking at yourself or whatever. So like you're the adult version of you or whatever it was. So like, I just, I found, um, 
I was kind of like, so what was haunting you then? And like all this the scratching behind the wall, like all of it kind of just fizzled into nothing really scary. It was just the house keeps you here. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of find like whenever it was like, nothing was really happening. You're like, oh, well boring then, Yeah. you know, what was, what was the real threat? If it was just you warning yourself of something or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like, like, I kind of like the, sh- like the, 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 the Blair Witch style shit where like, it's supernatural and it's coming to fuck you up. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not this like, it's a story about loving yourself and family. And what would you do if you lost each other? And mom and dad would die for you kids. Cause we love you. And it's like, <laughs> ugh, ugh. Um, trying to make yeah. you cry at the end. <laughs> like big long what (laughs) horror movie are you hugging and kissing the ghosts at the end of you know what i mean (laughs) Uh, never forget you like i don't that's not like i want the last couple seconds to be like you barely escaped i love the ones where in the last couple seconds it's like a fucking hand creeps over their head and grabs their face and cuts to black you're like yeah they got 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 fucked up you know what i mean the grudge (laughs) Where, you know, you just hear the, uh, oh yeah. at the end, you know what I mean? Like, that's the horrors that I like, where it's like, yeah, it's scary right till the end, not 20 minutes. Of, <laughs> Mom, I love you. Well, then have you seen all the Conjuring ones, the yep. Conjuring ones, and Annabelle? Yep. Did you watch all of the Annabelle ones? Yep. All, and every one of them scary. Every one of them scary. Oh, my gosh. The last yeah. one where they had, like, werewolves manifesting, I thought that one was kind of... When the Annabelle comes home and then the, the kid with the guitars running around outside, he's hiding in a chicken coop. Cause there's a werewolf outside. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, that was a, they're ghosts. So the idea that like, there's a full blown werewolf cutting through a car and shit. I'm like, now we're in like, there's monsters and creatures. Whereas everything could have been like ghost apparitions mm-hmm. inside the house. But now there's like a werewolf running around killing chick. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Did you, did you, did you like the nun? That's no, also part of the no. ones. Yep. Yeah. I thought that one was really shitty. <gasps> really? Yeah. The it was, there was creepy jump scares at the moment, but like, but, but when you look back on the story, like again, it's all, it's all fiction except for the Ed and Lorraine part and their museum. Yeah. Part. But I found the first Conjuring movie very freaky. In fact, I, uh, I, I don't, I told the, I told the audience about the, the horror movie book, but I didn't tell them that I was, I was reading something to you and I had to stop because I was like, yeah, too freaky. And we were, it was the conjuring ones that we were reading where I was like, yeah, I'm over this right now. Uh, (laughs) like too creepy. (laughs) They did a good job with that one. And that one kind of like it made, I don't want to say it made sense because the idea of anything supernatural, like most people like, it's not real. I'm like, of course there'd be more documentation if it was real, real, but it's still creepy. And yeah. so the idea that like, I, I liked the story. I found it freaky. Uh, the Annabelle movie was freaky. I found that one a little more far-fetched the story, but it was creepy. Like that scene where she gets in the elevator and the door closes in the basement. She's like, oh, I'm fine. And then the door oh. opens and she's still in the basement. And it was like, oh fuck that. Just, just the idea that you're not leaving where you are is so fucking creepy. And then, and I'm in the theater with my fucking eyes closed and everything like that. Like <laughs> the idea is just to run into the thing and then up the stairs. Cause like the emergency exits on the other side yeah, where she saw cool. like the black face demon. And then she gets like up the stairs and she's kind of like looking back down the staircase 
you know, and it's like, is there something there? And then the fucking lightning flashes or whatever. And it's that black fucking demon thing looking at her from the, like looking up the fucking staircase at her or whatever. Oh my God. Oh geez. That was fucking creepy. The story, again, so at the end of the movie, the story wasn't super great, but it was, it did as a horror movie, it did its job because it, it definitely freaked me out the vast majority of the movie. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the Conjuring 2, also great, super oh, yeah. freaky, all sorts of great stuff in that one. Annabelle, uh, what, original Annabelle, the original or, or oh. Awakenings or something? I can't remember what the hell it was called. Yeah, I can't, rem- I can't remember, but I know which one. Creation. Called. Creation was what it was called. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's like all of a sudden this one has a little girl going, can Annabelle come out and play or something? Or, or that was the... I think that was an animal comes home, but there's this little girl associated with it because she was crossing the street and got hit by a car. Like they were attaching too much to this doll. Cause the real oh. story was supposed to be that like, like, so I don't know if you know this. And I, I always tell like, Jason's always like, no, I go like, Oh, the lore says, I'm like, vampires are killed by, you know, sunlight. They're not real, but in the lore, that's the rules. Well, in the lore of demons, just like, uh, they say in the very beginning of the conjuring movie is that demons don't possess things. They possess people. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that like a ghost might inhabit something, but a demon doesn't possess a doll. The idea is that they manipulate them and they move them around to give the illusion that this thing is possessed. And I think they talk about it. Um, cause Ed Lorraine and Warren are very fascinating people. They are the only oh, yeah. were, she just died. He was dead for a while and she just died. So they're gone, but yeah. they were the only couple that was like sanctioned by the church to perform exorcisms. Right? Whereas that was something specifically that priests do. They were the only two that were allowed to <laughs> by the church to perform exorcisms. And, um, uh, and they talk about how, like, there's the three stages of possession, which I think is like, uh, well, uh, I know that infestation and then possession are, are the, the two, yeah. I think they're the two final ones, but yeah. let's go back to the Google to get the answer on this. Sorry. I'm the girl next door. I'm going to have to close your tab. Uh, three stages of possession. I know infestation, um, demonic possession, signs of possession, the conjuring on Twitter. Okay. There we go. But I think it's like the something infestation. Yeah, infestation. Okay, sorry. Infestation is the first one. Oppression and then possession. So the first one, the, the infestation portion is like, you know, the things where they'll move something around. You know what I mean? Like they'll move something around and then, you know, try to try to basically like fuck with you a little bit. And then the yeah. oppression is where they start to scare you and and make you feel isolated and make you feel yeah. weak and make you feel afraid and make you question your judgment and the idea is that it's all just meant to break you down for the final stage yeah. which is possession and that's okay. when they, that's when they take you when they've broken you down and everything again according to the lore yeah. So yeah, it was uh it was a cool story when they're like, Oh, we we they said that we were a little a little girl because a lot of things with witchcraft. Speaking of which, I'll do a little plug for a DK book. I've got a, a history of witchcraft and the occult, which I'll be reading in the near future. But a lot of yeah. those kind of even um what do you call it? Uh rich Oh, what's up, D? What's going on? Not much. I didn't realize you could just jump into this. You're being recorded yeah, audio, just a heads up. 
Cool. I'll try not to say anything bad. No, you can say whatever you want. I'm What's just, up, just for, be forewarned. For quality assurance purposes, this phone call may be. called us on the group chat. Yeah, so we've got we've got D- Dylan here as well, another one of my PlayStation group members here on the uh, just jumping in. I love that. That's awesome. Um, we were just talking about uh, like kind of like witchcraft and the occult stuff or whatever in terms of the lore and whatnot. Not to say that either one of us particularly believes in it, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So even when you're doing like rituals or whatever, the whole idea is that like you you welcome. This is like in the Wiccan stuff or whatever. Is that you welcome spirits. You give them an offering, you make a circle, you're, you're respectful, and then you bid farewell or whatever, which is why a lot of people say with like things like the Ouija board or whatever, is that you don't just, who else are we getting? Oh, Red's on too. We're recording the pod. What the fuck is going on? Did you guys just message and say like, Hey, everyone jump on. We're recording the podcast. Johnny, Red, how's it going? That's so hilarious that everyone's on. Red, how's it going? John, how's it going? Everyone? Well, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Cause my my watch kept being like, please, please, somebody join the call. Somebody join the call. I'm like, what call? Well, I, I guess I tried to call Angie out of the, the, the PlayStation group. And so maybe it let everyone know that there's a call happening and to feel free to, to come on in. I don't mind that you guys are here. It's just going to. I had a green button that said join and I clicked it. You called everybody. Like, the message. Oh, well, how about that? I'm not the greatest at technology. <laughs> John said it looks like, like you're not even on her phone. Well, Angie's on the laptop because I figured it'd be easier to do it that way. Sorry, what did you say, Red? John, what? John says it looks like you're hiding in a closet. Yeah, that's I live in a fucking closet. You didn't know that? I'm terrified of the outside world. That's why I communicate via podcast with everybody. Mm-hmm. We're talking horror movies in the occult right now. Oh, yeah. I, I just finished watching um, some of the like. Um, house at Bly Manor. Oh, we were, we were talking about that briefly and how I didn't like, yeah. I didn't love the first one. Cause I thought there was too long of a tearful goodbye at the end of the first one. How was it? How would it just thumbs up? No, or I'm thumbs not up? done yet. I'm only like halfway through halfway through um, one episode or halfway through the entire season. The entire season. Yeah. So halfway through thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. It's still not bad. Yeah. Thanks, John. John gives a big thumbs down. I appreciate it. Is it even scary or is it just boring more bullshit? Like the first one. It's a little more like jump scary. I don't know, not really. Oh, like boring bullshit. Yeah, it's still it's very like mental health kind of like yeah. mental health. I the first health. one was like the the fucking mother had migraines and bipolar or whatever the fuck. I just I found the first one look had so much potential, and then it just ends up being like oh your family loves you and all the ghosts are just you from the future. And then the last episode is them all just bawling their eyes out saying goodbye to each other and your mother and I love you. I'm like, fuck yourself. I, I, I just finished saying commentary on like mental health. Wasn't it? Well, like, whatever the fuck it is, I, they can take their woke bullshit and keep it out of my goddamn horror movies. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not trying to feel good about fucking, Oh, she's uh, schizophrenic or whatever. I don't know. Or at least make the story better. Don't, don't tell me, Oh, the bed let neck lady or whatever. Oh, it was just you that killed yourself in the, you're visiting yourself in the past to fuck yourself up psychologically for some reason. Like to what tell people that you're spoiling the whole fucking show. Why are you always telling me how to run my life? You start a podcast and you follow your own fucking rules when you do. it. <laughs> I just, we're, we're saying it's Halloween. So we're trying to talk about how how long I've known this asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 
every day that I'm with you in your life is a I'm gift. I'm just waiting for you to become famous so I can know somebody famous. Come on, get on with it. Same here. I'm like, wait till he's famous. I'm be like, look, that's my friend. Yeah, that, sure. I, I knew him before. <laughs> D, are you a, are you a horror movie guy? I think he's are you I muted? I do enjoy me some horror movies. Yes, sir. Have you seen a good one as of late? Oh, have you seen a good one movie? I mean, I thought it's kind of sucked. The second one was hot garbage. I loved the first yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. That's yeah. it. Two was hot garbage. Yeah, I never saw um, one is good. Angie, two is one was so yeah, so good to the bad. source material. It does the book justice, Big but time. two was garbage. Yeah, two was the stupid. Like one, they were the most in line with the book. And then two, they took so many creative liberties and just did the dumbest. Yeah. I I really dislike, they basically turned it into an Austin Powers movie in the sense that like what worked in the first one, they just did it again in the second one, but it didn't, it didn't add to the story. Like he kills a bunch more little kids that he didn't do in the book. Like, I think the, the idea with him killing, like a spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it, go fuck. Uh, uh, sorry. Angie hasn't seen it. Angie, the opening scene of it. The first uh-huh. one is upsetting. I, I, it's, it's upsetting, but it's, it's the strategy of that is to let you know just how serious the situation is. Well, it's okay if you say anything about the movie. I'm never going to see it. I don't do clowns, first of all. Oh, so then you got to do it. If you like being scared, you no, got to do it. No, you got to do it. I can't. No, that's one thing that I'm very terrified of is clowns. And I know everyone's going to be like, oh, no, no. Hey, listen, clowns are up there. If you gave, if you gave a top five of what people are scared of, they're not funny. I hate that they think they're funny and they squeak their nose. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> they squeak their no. nose. It's the nose squeaking cocksuckers that she doesn't like. <laughs> yes. They think they're so funny. With- oh, no. Lord, I funny. I like she's, been, she's been personally <laughs> fucked over by a clown or two. Yeah, I've got a bunch of shit to do and I'm doing it. Are there- this is my like morning time right now, unfortunately. Oh, are you getting ready for work? No, no, no. I'm off tonight. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. The, um, yeah, no, are there, yeah, the, I, I, it was good that basically the beginning of the movie is he, he, you know, it's classic. He, he convinces a kid to come to the sewer drain where he is and he kills the, the little kid. And that's kind of a catalyst for the movie. Right. One yeah. What a kids. dumbass kid. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want your boat back, Georgie? Um, in fact, Red actually dressed her son as Georgie for Halloween a few years ago. No you know? way. Yeah. yeah, his first Halloween. Yeah. His first his first Halloween, she dresses him as the murdered child. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty like a funny. skeleton onesie on with a yellow jacket and rubber boots and a red balloon. <laughs> nice. In true redneck spirit, I disabled the safety. Oh, uh, water got this, uh, the, the bug assault, which is like a, it looks like a Nerf gun that apparently you put salt into and you murder bugs with. Was that yeah, what that was? Yeah. This, this thing is pretty terrible. It <laughs> doesn't work well. Yeah. I could put up a little piece of tin and show you it works amazingly well. I would. The only thing is that the audience won't get to see that. So, oh, right. yeah, because now I, unfortunately, like someday when I have a production value and I feel like doing a punch of post-production editing video as well. Oh, I'm I'll, sure they've got YouTube videos somewhere of what it does to things. Yeah, there you go. But it's called Bug Assault. Bug-A-Salt. 
Yeah. And that's... I did. I shot a fly from about three feet, and I watched its little face explode <laughs> against my window. So that was, that was <laughs> get at the Windex afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, my my wife has literally been cleaning up dead flies. <laughs> You're like the exterminator. You put on the sunglasses and the leather jacket and just go around the house, eliminating flies' futures. <laughs> I, told her, I said, I said, I have two days off. Don't take this from me. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, I was bitching Stephen King movies though. Like I don't know why he does that. Like either like he gives away the rights to his stuff and either the movie is amazing because the person making it is like a fan. Yeah. Or it's just hot garbage. Yeah. Like there's no like kind of like, I guess it was okay. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it was like amazing, like, you know, the shining or whatever. Yeah. Or it was absolutely awful. <laughs> like You found you found the shining to be amazing? Well, wasn't it, isn't it? Wasn't it like a cult classic in its time? I, definitely yeah. cult classic, but but so is Troll Two, which is one of the worst movies ever fucking made. Worst acting. The worst was awesome. It was scary. It scared me as a kid. There was scary elements to it, but it was different. Like it was um, Stanley Kubrick took a lot of creative liberties with it, so it still ended up being something that was scary. But a lot of the well, things yeah, that happened in it, Stephen King seems to just let people do whatever the hell they want. Exactly. Exactly. And like he's, he's like, I don't care. You do whatever you want. <laughs> like, well, like, that's kind of weird. The problem with Stephen King shit is too, that like he'll write a really good story 90% through. And then the ending is just like, it's almost like he got to the night before and had to wrap it up for the deadline. Like needful things. I don't know if I've ever said this in a podcast, but needful things is one of the best fucking stories I've ever read in terms of like suspense and just creating an intricate web of, of things that happen. And then at the end, the guy turns into a demon and flies off into the sky. And you're like, what? Like, it's like, it, it was, it was almost as insulting as he woke up and it was all a dream. And you're like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So nothing under the dome me. was similar to, it was so bad at the end. I was like, Oh man, really? Well, I, you and I both, and I, and you're further into the series than I am, but you and I are both read the, the dark tower series and (laughs) that's good. That's good. I feel like the story. I'm on the last book though. And I'm having a hard time getting into it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like the style changed a lot. Well, they're like 20, 20 some odd years apart. The books, if I'm not mistaken. Like, well, I think the last couple were written pretty close together. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. It's like he felt like he was trying to finish it. So that was kind of like, oh, instead of taking your time and, and doing these right. Angie is so bored, she's making a mustache out of her hair. No, uh, that <laughs> And Dylan is doing what Dylan does best, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. No, well, when I get a little nervous, I play with my hair. Are you nervous? What's what's because yeah. oh, of the conversation? No, just the whole podcast. When my hair is straight, I'm like, I do this all day long. Do oh, you? Really? People are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's ladies. Yeah, look oh, at wow. that. You guys all have long hair. I'll have to start playing with my pubes to match you. I have long hair. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if that would be like, like the new hipster thing. Like you grow your pubes out so long that you can like braid it like Thor's, Thor's beard. Oh my God. You know I, I, mean? bet, I bet there's hipsters with like, net, like, you know, pleated, plaited, <laughs> plaited. I don't know. They do the waffle, the waffle iron. They waffle it. And they're like, what do you think of that? Oh my Beautiful. God. They're plaits, right? Angie? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you fucking know. 
You guys, you guys, you know what's great about the fact that it's us on right now, all four of us and none of the kiddos. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this thing with, uh, this is great that you guys are here. So feel free to stick around as long as you guys want. Um, I'm, I've still got to talk about, uh, let's see here. Well, I was, I was asking if anyone had any Halloween movie suggestions. So as anyone, how, the new one, the new Rob zombie Halloweens are fucking awesome and dark. Yes, they're great. Yeah. Did you see them? Angie? When I was younger and fatter, I looked like that young kid from the Halloween. Oh movie. yeah. <laughs> I made hash yesterday. It's nice. Great. <laughs> yeah. You can tell it looks pretty good. Did you see that one, Angie? The Halloween movies, the new ones? No, 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 I haven't seen it. That's what I'm saying. Is it on uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime? I, I believe Amazon Prime. I'm pretty, pretty fucking confident. But it's like they did a great job. So Rob, Rob Zombie directed the second one. Not so much. It wasn't bad. It's just your standard slasher horror movie. But what was so I found well done um, with Rob Zombie's Halloween is that instead of it being like this opening scene where, you know, he kills his sister because she didn't take him trick or treating and then. Red's got a guilty look on her face. Oh, it's Tina. No, that's is that Ty? No, that's Tina. Okay. What is it called? She's showing me the cats. She's oh, showing me her pussy. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, everyone looked. That's funny because everyone was looking away from the fucking video. And I say that everyone's <laughs> eyes turn right back to their screen. Um, what? What? Uh, well, I thought it was the cat first. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> the uh, Rob Zombie. What he did was instead of it being a quick little like, oh, he killed his parents and or you know killed his sister and then a goes to an insane asylum and twenty years later, they they showed a really good growth like i think it's a good 30 minutes before he becomes an adult because it's showing him as a kid and sort of those little like psychotic tendencies of a psychopath you know the torturing small animals and and this and that and they did a really good job of showing kind of his his two personalities where he would like wear a mask and then you know take it off and whenever he did something you know particularly weird he kind of pulled his mask down and it showed the duality and then of course Later on, as he grows up, it's just the, the, the humanity is entirely gone and it's just this psychopath, but, um, it was, it was, it was really well done. It was really well done okay. and it was freaky and there was a good amount of jump scares and it was, I, I gotta say it's probably one of the best remakes of a horror movie I've ever seen. What? Really? Interesting. Yeah. Really well done. But it's, but it's heavy. Like, like oh. in Rob Zombie style, like the murders are like when he beats, yeah, that's the one. That's the oh. one. Yeah. And it's, but it's good. It's well done. It's not, it's not shitty. It's not hacky. Anything like that. The only thing is there's a scene where he like basically beats another, as a kid, he beats another kid to death. And that, that was like, that was a heavy scene. It's wow. not, it's not gory. It's just like, fuck, like killing a Like basically the kid's a bully and he goes from bullying him to begging for his life in a matter of like seconds. And it was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, wow. I'm not, a, I, I, I like the hostile movies and stuff, but again, just anybody begging for their life is just kind of upsetting to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can, for some reason I can watch like, I can watch like six black guys, fuck a tiny little white chick. And that doesn't bother me as much. I mean, somebody who should be begging for their life. <laughs> just let me go. Um, but <laughs> for some reason I stay hard during that yet <laughs> red's like smiling. She, I want to catch your laughter on audio just so they know. She, 
She's just shaking her head no, but a but a huge, huge fucking grin. I love how she enjoys the humor and gets to reprimand me for it at the same fucking time. Talk about having your cake and eating it it's too. It's just so predictable. Oh, it's so predictable. What am I gonna say next? You're probably gonna start talking about um how you're gonna pay get paid a million dollars to fuck your mom. Oh, I put that in the group. Yeah, yeah, I put that in the group. Don't get me started on that. That is a that that number exists. That number exists. How did this podcast went from one direction to this other direction? Holy cow! <laughs> I'm going to bed. Peace out. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I'm not embarrassed. I just don't have the answer. I very rarely caught without you know the answer to something. Like I I know I could suck a cock for a million dollars. Happily, not oh a moment's hesitation. God wicked into it and the funny thing too is like you'd think there's so many guys who are like well i guess i'd have to do it for a million dollars but then you know that they wouldn't put their back into it right so they'd end up being like uh, uh, uh. i'm like well try it'll be over with do a good job oh you know and it'll be over sooner right like rip the band-aid i want to know who's the guy giving out a million dollars for me to suck his cock like who the fuck am i right well that's the thing i like i've i've always joked because there's a few comics who do a bit about that about you know would you do it for a million dollars? and then it's like who's this guy that they talk about the guy for me i'm like I wouldn't see it as a guy who wants to pay me a million dollars. I would see it as this gig that was out there. There's up oh, some guys offering a million dollars to suck his cock. And my first instinct was, wow, what horrible shit am I going to have to do just to land that gig? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause of all the choices he's going to have. Grandmother first. That's what and I'm saying. Like, I'm going to have to do a bunch of debaucherous shit. Money. <laughs> oh, red is your phone going off? No, we just heard. Bump, bump. No, that wasn't, I'm yeah. holding my phone. Oh, yours, yours, yours was the only one that kind of fell afterwards. So I assumed it vibrated itself off of kilter. I think it was waters. Fair. Well, the, uh, yeah. So no. in terms of banging my own mother, let me get this on the record for the universe. No. Um, I, I, that's a tough one because I don't think a million, I really don't think a million, a million dollars would change my life. So anything else, but I feel like the guy whose dong I have to suck, even though this isn't a real thing. I feel like I would never have to see that guy again. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot to that, to know that I can blow this guy. And then for the rest of his life, I could be the one that got away. Every time I saw her for 500 grand. Okay. What's that? Sorry. I said, my mother would have a twinkle in her high every time I saw her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I like, I don't want my mom to feel like I hit it and quit it. You know what I mean? That's happening again. (laughs) I'm almost done with that money. <laughs> oh, you think like it'd be an ongoing thing? <laughs> it's just like time for a resupply. I would hope not. <laughs> I just don't think I could look at my mom afterwards, especially like, again, the question too, there's so many other things about it. It's like, do I have to come? Do you know what I mean? And or does she oh have to? God. Just Angie, this is a business transaction here. You want to make sure you read over everything first. Okay. You can't go sign in contracts without knowing the fine print. i just think do i have to come do i have to make her come all right because that's another thing too i just i i I, yeah there's a lot to go into it i i think i'd have a very difficult time getting hard i dare i say borderline impossible getting all these backgrounds yeah, water's water's playing with his fucking filters right now. I know. The uh which which doesn't mean what it would normally mean, surprisingly. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like overall, I would hate to be like if the rule is I had to come and I just couldn't, I would hate to be the guy who fucked his mom for free. 
You know what I mean? Like that would be the thing is that like, I didn't, I didn't fulfill my end of the contract. So now I'm just, now I just did it for free. Like somebody from the South, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. We're I don't, I don't even know what to say. No, I'm not gonna... Angie, how much would it, what was the number to, for no, you to have I'm sex not... with your mom? No, I'm not. No. Well, how did what this, why no. Well, because you were the first co-host initially. Now we just have a goddamn filter fest going on with these people. Red is a pumpkin. Water has fireworks going off. I feel like that's like a metaphor for the orgasm I was referring to a moment. Okay, that was horrifying. Oh, it's a Red just like made a scary face and then that face morphed into a dragon. If there was a clown one, uh, no. I would have loved that because that would have made Angie fucking scream and that, that would have been hilarious. I was looking down and I would have looked up and saw that. Terrifying. That's Red just laughing like a maniac right now. <laughs> I got to I gotta get this podcast back on the rails here, guys. So um, we, I'll tell you what, I'm going to move. I got a couple of these things here. I'm going to move to next week's episode. Angie, are you okay. are you willing to chat with me next week about the the box of goodies oh yeah sure yeah and by next week i mean probably tomorrow because <laughs> i need to i need to record tomorrow's episode uh but but i'll move those okay so i'm gonna go bloop bloop and i like i wonder if anyone on like listening to the podcast is like wait a second we didn't hear the end of the mom fucking thing i can tell you a million dollars wouldn't do it i can tell you that it's that's not enough i could buy a house and a few other things for a million bucks. And I would still have to be like, it's like, wow, Josh, you have a really nice house. How did you, how did you do it? What's your secret? You just sort of sit on my, you know, let me tell you, (laughs) but yeah, but all I can say is I'm not, I'm not so ignorant as to say that that number doesn't exist. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I think everybody's got a number. I don't think to murder. I don't think there's a number where I'd murder my mom. You know what I mean? No. But a second, some second cousin or something. You know what I mean? No comment. (laughs) No? You don't have any family member that you just... uh... No, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm I'm good. (laughs) I'm not wearing a wire. She's probably already killed them. (laughs) Edgy's like, no, I'm not falling for that one again. The check always bounces. Uh, (laughs) just the more uncomfortable you seem angie the more i'm gonna poke at you (laughs) but okay so this is what i want to share with you guys so i'm i'm already uh over the time but i'm doing my dk book so i gotta give dk their segment but i thought you guys would get a a kick out of this because uh out of all of us we're the adults in our little playstation group and we have the the teenagers as well okay yeah so i thought it was kind of cool that we're the ones that are on so there's a, the book that I'm reviewing for DK this week is called what's my teenager thinking practical child psychology for modern parents. It's for ages 13 to 18. And, uh, I'll hit you with the back real quick. It says as the teenage brain rewires hormone surge and independence beckons, a perfect storm for family conflict emerges. Parenting just got tougher, but here, but help is here. Uh, this uniquely practical parenting book for raising teenagers in today's world explores the science at work during this period of development, translates teenage behavior, and shows you how you can best respond as a parent in the moment and in the long term. Uh, in more than 100 everyday scenarios, this book tackles real-world situations head-on, from what to do when your teenager slams their bedroom door in your face to how to handle worries about online safety, peer pressure, schoolwork, and sex. Ooh, ooh. Discover how to create a supportive environment and communicate with confidence to help your teenager manage whatever life brings. So 
Angie and I poked around through this. So I read a bunch of this this week because I thought it was kind of funny to actually have the psychology because we were always talking one of these kids off a ledge, it seems. <laughs> so I thought uh, I'd pull up a couple little examples. What's great about the book is it basically gives you the scenario and then mm-hmm. describes kind of what the kid's going through. So uh, we found three, but I don't know if I'll have enough time. I'd, li- I'd love to get your ideas. So one of the things I pulled up was he's just a friend is one of the scenarios. <laughs> He's just a friend. And uh, we have, it's my phone. Okay. It's my phone. And then the other one that I thought is funny is she's a slut. Now there's a ton in here, but just going some like, Oh, talking about pornography. That's getting a bookmark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe someone should have used this one on me at some point. Oh, oh that's God. so fucking funny. Talking about let's talk about pornography. Could Trying anything become a child psychologist? No, I just think it's so funny. Can you can you imagine how uncomfortable listening to your parents talking about? I would you know, that's something that would I would find fascinating. Listening to my mom talk about porn and then my dad talk to me about porn. Just to hear the two differences. Like mom's like, well, yeah. you know, when two people Love each other very much. There was a South Park scene where it was like, when two people love each other very much, they did it. He's like, yeah. And he's like, what about three men that love a woman? And then he's like, four midgets spanking a man covered in Thousand Island dressing. Is that love? Gesundheit <laughs> 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 one. All right. So let's, uh, let's hear, let's hear, just for fun. I want to throw these. They're just, just one more game. I think we're all guilty of that at times, except Red. Red's got some shit. Yeah, but just one more game. Am I, st- I am studying. You swear. Why can't I? Oh, interesting. Can I have <laughs> next week's allowance? These are so many funny ways. All my friends look amazing. Sexuality and gender. Gender's not a thing, man. Tear this page out. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's hit the, she's a slut one. That one sounds familiar. <laughs> Red, you're the Man, expert. I got I to go though, because my phone's going to die. Go fuck yourself. You can, you can go when you're, when your phone dies. You can't go. You don't get to jump out of this fucking conversation with the she's a slut part. Uh, <laughs> Red's like, I gotta go. I get a. Right? I gotta go here. <laughs> I've known that asshole a while myself, too. <laughs> Just fuck with you. Okay. I'll hit this quick then. Uh, she's a slut. A teenage girl's status can rise when she starts to be noticed and have a relationship with boys, but it can also fall. If her peers think getting too much, or sorry, if their peers think she's getting too much attention, that girl may be targeted and put down with words such as slut scenario while giving your teen and friend a lift. Your daughter calls a classmate, a slut. You ask her about this in the car and bring it up again at home. Really? Are any parents that involved? I think if you said it to dad, your dad's like, how old is she? She's a slut. Is she? How old is she? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Red shaking her head as to be expected. American Beauty. What's that? Yeah, American Beauty. Yeah, but he, but see, that's the thing. We all learned he's more interested in young boys. Oh, topical. As as teenage as teenage become sexually aware, competition who is the most attractive sharpens. Girls believe that having a boyfriend makes them look more attractive and mature, but it may trigger jealous feelings in peers who also want attention from boys. Jealousy can feel uncomfortable, so teens may justify their complex feelings by latching onto deeply embedded cultural ideas about good versus bad girls or mean girls. Younger teens are also impulsive and still learning the impact of name calling. It's likely that your teen doesn't grasp the word's full implications. She just knows it's a powerful way to bring down the reputation of a girl who's seen consciously or not as a rival. What you may be thinking, 
You may be shocked your daughter is undermining other girls by using sexist language. You may wonder where her strong views on other people's private lives come from. Uh, what she may be thinking. Your teen knows this is one of the hardest, sorry, harshest insults available. But by calling a schoolmate a slut, she defines herself as a good girl by comparison. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm sure Red's doing stupid shit. I know how it works. Um, I don't give a fuck, man. Plowing through. I wear pink on Wednesdays. Okay. You wear pink on Wednesdays. Is it Wednesday? I don't see pink. I I don't see pink. What's going on? Um, all right. So yeah, she's basically describes, defines herself as good girl by comparison. She's implying that she's a morally superior, more valuable young woman who is saving herself for the right person. Obviously that makes sense. She may not fully understand the word's meaning, but knows it's strong insult that could destroy another girl's reputation, bringing her down in the social hierarchy. Uh, taking the moral high ground by calling another girl names may make her feel better about the fact that she may not have yet had interest from boys. And although she's calling another girl a slut, she may worry about being called it too. When she gets dressed for a party, she may feel she has to tread a fine line between looking attractive and being seen as trying too hard. Angie, what do you think? When you were dressing for parties, were you trying too hard or were you were you a good girl? Um, I think when I first met my husband, when we were like just uh, just talking, I did try to you know do the whole sexy like try to be sexy thing. Yeah. But I've never been like that. I've always wanted to be like the scary one, the witch, or like. Everything yeah, is sexy blank for Halloween. It's always, I'm going as a sexy this. Or I yeah, sexy like that. it's weird. Like I don't understand why you're going to be sexy. You've been doing it all. You're trying to do it throughout your, your time without it being Halloween. Why is Halloween gives you that, you know, well, that's the thing is be extra slutty. Like, it's probably it's, like in this, like where it's like, it's okay. Well, Cause you get to wear a mask. So nobody really knows that it's you that's showing off the titties. Oh, I think a lot of <laughs> girls are like, they basically put like a barrette in their hair with ears and pin a cat tail to whatever whore dress they wear. They're like, I'm a sexy cat. It's like, you're wearing yeah. two weak props on a whore's outfit. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I'd rather be something where you can't see yeah. who I am. And like, I'm scary as hell. Like, and I love to scare that. Well, you know, scare yeah. the kids and stuff like that. <laughs> The uh, Dave Chappelle had a great bit about that, how some woman was dressed all skank and he's like looking at her and she's like, what makes you think that I'm this and that? And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, that's like if I ran up to a cop and it was like, you know, hey, 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 uh, <laughs> officer, officer, I need your help. He's like, wait, you know, just because I'm dressed like this, what makes you think that, that I'm actually a cop? That was one of my favorite bits. Yeah. And he's like, let me tell you something. Just you might I not be a whore, way. but you're wearing a whore's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Tough but fair. Chappelle's Chappelle's, yeah. But anyway, so this is how you could respond. So this thing, this is what she's thinking. Here's the response according to this book. In the moment, intervene. You may be shocked by her language, but ask her about her choice of words. By saying nothing, you tax tacitly, I hope that's a word, condone her use of this term. Without criticizing, tell her you'd like to understand why she described a classmate in this way. Uh, discuss gender politics. Oh, I can't wait to read this. Gender politics. I'm running for female president. Um, I'm joking. Uh, talk about how competition for male attention can damage friendships. Ask why she thinks there's no equivalent word for boys. There, of course, there is. Brad, you look as confused as me, and I know you don't smoke weed. It's hilarious. Let's <laughs> say so she's asking why there's no equivalent word for boys and why she's girls just, are shamed by boys. I'm just glad I have a boy. Praise for sexual activity. Yeah. Talk about how boys may be brought down yeah, in different ways. For example, with insults such as weak and sissy. 
but the sexual insults are more commonly directed women. Uh, playa, he's a playa. That's that's been around forever. That's, I mean, it's not as negative because guys, you know, we, yeah. But when I the play, I hate the game. Don't don't blame men just because we found a way to twist it into something cute. You know what I'm saying? We got that ability. We're very charming. <laughs> we can make lemonade. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, let's see. There's only a couple more here. Talk about its effects. Once you've listened, explain your adult perspective. Say how slurs such a slut dehumanize. Like kids give a fuck about that. Dehumanize and imply someone is worthless. Slut may also be used in sexual bullying by boys against girls who may feel unable to escape the label. Discuss gossip. Gossip girl. We all exchange information about others, but it crosses a line if it's unproven or deliberately hurts. If the girl enters into a sexual relationship and now feels used, how would she feel about being called a slut? If your daughter heard negative gossip, how does she know it's not true? Would she say this to the girl's face? Uh, ask her thing, but pressures on her. Keep talking. Keep talking. Why is that every woman's fucking solution? You know what? Just keep talking. Talk until she's exhausted and then she can't call someone else. Okay. We, we got. I'm so tired. I'm going to bed. <coughs> yeah. All right. I, I got, know how you feel. I got two more. Yeah. I got two more. Red, you're going to pick the next one. We're going to go with it's either he's no, just a friend. I'm going to bed, you jerk. You can go to bed when I say so. I called you a slut first. I, I hit you first. I'm, ed- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm editing you out of this. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, okay. So, are we going with he's just a friend, or are we ta- are we talking about pornography? He's just a friend. <laughs> wow, and, oh, you don't want to talk about porn. Well, Angie, okay. what's your favorite kind of pornography? Uh, I no. It's funny. <laughs> you don't have to elaborate. We Hold just need it. we just need a name. Welcome, Angie. You've been initiated to the club. Yeah, this is how it works <laughs> in the podcast. We all we all get a little we all get a little real here in the trust tree of the po- eating issues. Hello, teach me about these. Fifteen year old Josh. Why was Josh eating? I'm going anyway. Is that an eating issue? I don't have time. There's a basket of laundry here. Okay, uh, we're gonna I'm go. Sad because I eat, and I eat because I'm sad. It's a vicious <laughs> it's circle. A vicious cycle. I gotta get a hold of someone and forgive myself. Can I have next week's allowance? Oh fuck, my Mac is low battery. Why the hell is that happening? Oh, that can't be possible. Uh-huh. The Revenge of Red. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, well, my my screen thingy was up too much. There, my brightness is down. I can plug you in, Mac. You're not the boss of me. Okay, let's do it. He's just a friend by Angie's uh, Angie's request. We'll do that one. Eh, eh, I won't catch. All right. Well, we're going to see what happens. I wonder if it tells me. Does it tell me how much time I have? Okay. Using significant energy, Google Chrome. Right, because we're doing the fucking live thing here. Um, doobity beep, squip. Okay. He's just a friend. Doobity squip, squip. You say he's just a friend. Uh, until now, oh, your like daughter, that. why is it always daughter? I feel bad for, well, I guess he's just a friend. No, it should have been a That's boy. Cute. Cause then it's, then it allows it's inclusive. That's what it should have been. Okay. So I'm going to do that. He's just a friend until now. Your daughter slash son probably socialized mainly with other girls slash boys as girls slash boys and boys slash girls start to relax around one. <laughs> just keep adding more. Oh, red's gone. Um, RIP. Oh no, she's there. She plugged it. In. What the fuck is going on? Red's wearing a, a mad hatter. Style hat. Are you on LSD? What is going on? With I'm you? Bored. You're boring. Oh. Hey, I'm not boring. This is a very important book by my sponsors, DK, that needs its proper plug, Red. You will show it respect. Uh, oh, I can be Katie Crockett. Yes, you can. Um, 
<laughs> as boy as girls and boys start to relax around one another and are less closely supervised, they're ready to break off into pairs to form more intimate relationships. The old P and the V, but this can still feel like a big step. Scenario, you notice your teen is spending lots of time messaging a boy. When you ask about him, she says he's just a friend. By this age, your teen may want to feel desired by a special person and also rising levels of sex. Quick question. Yes. Is our, does our teen have a mental disability? Uh, not yet. She might though. She could get hit by a car, develop a, a, what is it? ABI acquired brain injury. Well, I mean like, so, I mean, I've got like a little, um, I don't know my brother. He had a sister, not my sister, his sister. She's got downs and, uh, she's like text messages people all the time, but it's completely irrelevant. (laughs) You never know. Maybe we'll find the, maybe we'll find the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll see. So by this time, your teammates are the special person also rising levels of sex hormones may be creating feelings of sexual desire. Adolescents are also better now at reading each other and communicating mutual attraction. So dating feels easier. Even so her first step towards a relationship are likely to be tentative as boys. This age can vary in how seriously they take relationships. She may want to keep any false starts private. If she does say she's considering starting a relationship, help her think about what she wants from it. Anal question mark. Uh, what you might be thinking, you may notice if, if you blah, 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 she's vague about where she goes. If you suspect she has a boyfriend, you may feel sh- sad. She doesn't trust you enough to tell you what she might be thinking. She may feel ready for a different type of love. To this the person's one had, had some bad experiences, right? Well, it's all kids. I could see this. This is more. So what it basically, it looks like every scenario is like, here's the scenario and here's some shit they're going through. What you might be thinking, what they might be thinking, and then how you could respond. And it gives you different, different sort of paths to that. Yeah. Right. So what she might be thinking, is she ready for a different type of love to the one she has had from you. She may I- idealize ideas about relationships from films. That's fair. We all kind of, you know, mimic what we see, but then it's a few more. And then it's some of the like example for in the moment, welcome male friends, girls can find boys confusing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the only side. Women are very, very easy to understand. Not confusing in the slightest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you guys are very clear <laughs> and transparent. That's true. The human Rubik's cube is not a woman. for sure. <laughs> um, if she had, <laughs> girls can find boys confusing. Uh-huh. If she and the boy are just friends, sure. welcome the fact that she's learning more about how boys think. <laughs> and this is what you got to do. You got to make sure he's got a good job. If he says this, then you say the opposite. And this is, this is where the manipulation begins. This right here. You have to look into his wallet and see how many credit cards he exactly. has. Three is the right number. Five <laughs> is too many. And one is not enough. He Welcome the three. fact that she's learning how boys think. And this is how your paths of aggressive, no matter what happens, <laughs> you do not say yes. You do not say no. Every answer is vague. You can't twist a mold of clay if it's hard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> friendships with boys can also provide relief from some of the politics and rivalry in female friendships. Be inclusive. Don't assume her first relationship is heterosexual. <laughs> what the fuck? Are well, you, you don't have to assume anything. This don't is assume- a book yeah, from your plug. Yeah, it's still, it's still a great book, and it's fair. It's just funny because it's like, get it, be sure. inclusive. Don't assume her first relationship is heterosexual in a neutral. But you've already set the scenario that she's chatting with a boy. 
Are we to assume that the boy has is undecided in what he is so far? Don't assume her first relationship is heterosexual. In a neutral, friendly way, try questions such as, are you interested in someone? That's if this scenario hasn't happened already. If you're just trying to guess in general, I would say that that's kind of a side note thing. Explore your own feelings. Am I a boy? Am I heterosexual? Is your boyfriend open to threesomes? You may also need time to adjust to the next stage of her life. Are you bringing... That depends on how old the boyfriend is, Josh. Come on now. That's true. What state are we in? Oh, right. Because if you're in America, you can just go up to like North Dakota where it's 13 years of age. North Dakota, and that gets you south of the border legally. Dude, who the fuck is defending those laws? (laughs) I have no idea. But I'm going to throw it back to my partners at DK, DK.com in the US, DK.com slash CA for my Canadian listeners, or just Google DK books. You guys can find all sorts of cool shit. Like I said, last year they put out What's My Child Thinking? And those scenarios were really cool because it gave you insight into like, you know, if your kid's like asking for your attention all the time, or if they want to do something themselves, like all the psychology behind it. Super cool book. A friend of mine, uh, Alex, uh, she's got it. And, and she tells me that she refers to it all the time with, with her little kids. Um, and this is the teenage version, which is much more complicated. I'm definitely going to use this book on uh, on Chad Rich and Chance. I'm so hairy. Oh, yeah, they, we can definitely That's hilarious. use it on them for sure. I'm so hairy is one of the things in this book. Oh, wow. Uh, teenagers have always... I was always... about to say, this is, this is stuff for like when your child is indoors. Yeah, I'm taking Take your child outside, off. teach them how to do things. Well, maybe they shit. won't ask you these stupid fucking questions. This is a very current I never book. asked my fucking parents stupid fucking questions. Well, check this out. One of them is, can I get my lips done? A lot of that's like social media what? shit. I thought it was a free period. I th- what? A free period. Uh, you don't know my friends like I do. Why do you hate? Sorry. Why do you have to speak to my teacher? <laughs> that's the 17 to 18 year olds. I'm gay. Whoa. Let's do it. I'm gay. <laughs> This is this is one that is. This sounds really important, actually. Let's hear. Well, it's, let's it's hear the fucking super. Insight. Yeah, it's super important. I was just gonna yeah. say, depending on where you are, you know. Well, this is the parent. It's like step one: put down the pitchfork or baseball bat. Do not call the preacher to pray the gay away. Because there's somebody like oh, man, sure. I, I on like, this one actually makes me feel bad because there's so many fucking people who just know their folks, and it's like. I could never possibly tell them that I'm gay. Yeah. That just makes me sad. Do you guys want to no, hear it? Gay people. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I'm gay for teens discovering and sometimes declaring their sexual identity, uh, is an important part of becoming an adult. But yet for young people who aren't straight, there can be added challenges if they feel they're not conforming to a more traditional heterosexual role. Preacher said it's bad to be gay. Can't be gay. Your teenager comes out to you. Your teen may, and it's funny because in the picture it shows the kid coming out to his mom, and I'm like, that's the safe, that's the safer of the two, I would think, unless yeah. you have like one of those carry mothers who will beat you with the Bible or whatever. Your teen may have had an idea about his sexuality for several years, but now that he's more secure in his identity and he feels ready to tell you, less stigma and more openness <laughs> around LGBTQ plus. Yeah, let's ruin that. Yeah, seriously, issues today mean that young people are coming out earlier than ever. In the last two decades, the average age has fallen from 20 years old to around 16. My dick always stands up after phys ed. <laughs> the showers. <laughs> and she throws her head back and rolls her eyes. This can be socially vulnerable time for your teen, so it's important to keep an eye out on his mental health. Supporting your teen... No, that was just me. 
Yeah. <laughs> getting, a, getting a boner in PE. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I try to get erect whenever it was inappropriate. I just I was just trying not to be like the small kid. It's like, hey guys, look, look, I'm big. Supporting your teen's feelings will help make his adolescent. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I skip PE. Uh, <laughs> supporting your teens. <laughs> I was. No I would shit. be we more had short shorts, and I wore a super long jacket, and I would open it up like a creep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why would you give us such short shorts? <laughs> Supporting your teen's feelings will help make his adolescent years as secure as possible. So, what you might be thinking, <laughs> Jesus, what he needs, Jesus, you may. You may it's not in the book, DK. You may wonder if your son is going through a phase of experimentation or whether he's certain about his choice. Yeah, your first, like, being honest, like, my my fucking knee-jerk reaction would be like, are you sure? And not because, like, I don't want him to be gay. It's like the whole, like, long, hard road for you if you are. Less so than it used to be, but still, like, the world's just not a good enough place yet. So I'd be like, fuck, I love you, and that's... That's gonna that's gonna be hard on you. So I would I my I gotta say my knee jerk would be like, dude, are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Have you tried pussy? No. I'm <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, of course. You may worry he might be affected by discrimination or homophobia. That's exactly what my concern is. Or worry how other family members might react. Eh, not so much. My family's pretty open minded. If you didn't suspect he yeah, wasn't straight, you may wonder how you missed the signs. Why are you always having sleepovers with those three friends of yours? Um, <laughs> guys always said we only need one sleeping bag uh your, your, teen, your teen oh for fuck's sake your teen might be worried about how you'll react especially if you've ever said anything that made him think you disapprove of same-sex couples uh if he's been trying to hide his sexuality telling you will feel like a relief if he hasn't told others yet he may see coming out to you as a decisive first step in being able to declare his sexuality openly to the world. Uh, even if he believes you'll be supportive, he may worry about how older, more conservative members of the family, such as grandparents might act. Yeah. Conservatives are very open-minded. Um, almost all male gay students, um, <laughs> say they have heard the word gay used as a put down sometimes as a way for other boys to assert heterosexual masculinity. For this reason, he may be more nervous about coming out, uh, to his peers than you. And then finally, how you could respond. So in the moment, be accepting, thank him for telling you he'll remember this moment for the rest of his life. That is true. So be clear. You're supportive, uh, and that you love him. Don't talk too much. That's his job. Now that he's a lady, uh, (laughs) (laughs) joking, joking. Okay. (laughs) Facts. Dylan says, (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't talk too much. Listen and remember that he's still the same person. If you think he'd like it, offer him one of your dresses. Just joking. If, if, if you think he'd like it, offer oh. a sign of physical affection. Why would he not want the physical affection anymore? Like your mom well, goes to, your mom like, goes to hug lady, you afterwards? Touch me. Yeah, but it's just like, if you think he'd like it, offer a sign of physical affection. He's like, you know, mom goes to hug you. I told you, Go mom, I'm buying the chicks. How much? A million dollars? Okay. Uh, oh, make this, no. <laughs> ah, right, see, for that's sure, a, for sure. that's a callback. Anyways, 
Uh, also in the moment, make this moment his, even if you feel surprised. God, me bringing my stupid comedy into it. Again, I, I always trust my onesies when they listen, but there's, there might always be that person out there who goes, he's a fucking asshole. What a piece of shit. I'm joking. I can't imagine how uncomfortable this would be for them. It'd be uncomfortable for me, but only because I'd want to be supportive in the moment. And be, I'd be terrified that I'd say or do the wrong thing and make them yeah, scared to ever tell anybody else or whatever. Um, even if you feel surprised at his news and need some time to adjust your thoughts about his future, make sure that he doesn't sense this. <laughs> Mom, why won't you make eye contact? <laughs> like, why are you? Uh, ensure that this remains. That's a fucking mean one. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> She's like, well, it's like, it's like, don't let him sense your fear. It's like, so I immediately thought of animals where you're like, you don't stare them in the eyes or whatever. <laughs> Mom, why won't you look at me? Uh, you sure that this remains your teen's moment. This is your moment. Go get it. And make it clear from the outset that you support him unconditionally. Of course. So in the long term, keep talking about healthy sex. All right. Don't get that AIDS now. Uh, no, it says keep talking about healthy sex. If you're heterosexual, you may feel unqualified to talk about gay sex. Why? Like you don't know where to put it. I could tell you. Uh, but the principles of safe sex consent and good relationships still, so this, this is just me like feeling unequipped. So obviously I break everything with humor. So again, if anyone like I have, I prefer gay people to straight people. That's right. I'm sexist against or genderist or, or hetero or whatever against straight people. I prefer gay people anyways. Um, but the principles of safe sex consent and good relationships will apply. Stress the importance of wearing condoms to prevent STIs. Talk to your family members. Once you think your teen is ready, ask him when he wants to tell others in the family. You want to tell your father? You want to tell your father? Wait till he's under the car fixing the brakes. If he gets mad, drop the jack on him. Drop the car on him. We'll say it was an accident. Um, <laughs> sorry. How he would like to handle oh, sharing his news with siblings and other family like members. That. Support him during this process and help answer any of the questions that, may, that he may have. Uh, create a safe haven. Homophobic bullying is the most common kind in schools, according, according to research, with name calling such as queer, faggot, or gay common. Uh, acknowledge that bullying, both verbal and sometimes physical, is a concern for your teen. Make sure that he has a consistently support environment at home and feels like he has a safe place to be and bring his friends. I would say even get better at get, get better at roasting them back, too. Like someone calls you a faggot, be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could, should tread lightly on that one. But... <laughs> Never hurts to roast them back worse. It's like you call me a fag and be it's like, what's that? Oh, are you talking to Pat? Yeah, yeah, she asked me to shoot her with this gun and I told her, no, it is not fun. No, it's not. So be, be positive about LGBTQ plus issues. He'll be assessing how you really feel about him being gay and try to cancel you. No, I'm just kidding. He'll be a supportive feel about him being gay. Talk positively at LGBTQ plus role models. Name the first one that comes to mind. Who's your favorite LGBTQ plus model? Don't say Ellen. That's a chick. It's a cop out. I don't know. Okay. So we're not, so maybe this book would have helped to have listed a couple. Cause I can't think of one. I can't think of one. It's like, LGBT. so yeah. So, so talk positively LGBTQ plus role models. <laughs> Does RuPaul count? Drag, drag isn't exactly, well, no, but yeah. drag isn't exactly LGBTQ. Uh, is it? I don't know. Well, if you're gay, if you're gay, yes, it does. It does help the community. That's why I thought of it, but I'm not sure. Like, if yeah. you're gay, then you're then that's definitely cool. So, I, RuPaul is gay, yes. Yeah, I would assume RuPaul's gay. Okay, but 
I don't know. See, it's, it's a very touchy subject on that because I, I mean, he dresses like a girl, but I know he's a guy. He dresses like so, a woman, Angie. He is a okay. strong black woman. I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, but you never know. He could just be like taking this dress off, pounding your ass. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Um, Ask him what he'd like you to understand about his sexuality. If there are any films or books he, (laughs) you got to watch this video that I identify with. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I assume it's positive films. Or books he identifies with that would help you get his feelings. And finally, respect his relationships. Don't try to fuck his boyfriends. You may have had to, you may have had to adjust your. I just funny. Whenever I get the heading, I'm like, what could that mean in a completely ridiculous way? You may have had to adjust your mindset about your teen, but understand that love is love, of course, and look forward to your teen enjoying a fulfilling and loving relationship. Accept any future partner me, uh, he may have, and be excited that your child is introducing you to someone is so important in his life. I remember like. Anytime that's really coming through on the mic, brother. Um, sorry. Oops. No, no worries. I just thought I let you know. Um, yeah, I, I remember like these Mormons knocked on my door one time. They knock on my door several times, but this time in particular, I was like, Yeah, are you guys one of those religions that doesn't like gay people? And they're like, Yeah, unfortunately, it's not I'm like, yeah, sorry, I'm out. I'm like, you'll never get me, you'll never get me on your side with that one. I'm like, I can't I can't get behind any religion where someone is punished and their biggest crime is just loving another person of the same gender. I'm like, really? You go to hell for just that. Yeah. It's like, it's not my fault. You installed the the wrong software on this hard drive. You know what I mean? And that's not before someone jumps on my, it's not wrong. It's I'm just saying effectively, if, if it was that way, it's not their choice. Like, no, I, I can't imagine anyone who's like, yeah, you know what I want? I want to have the shit beat out of me and be teased and shit all the time. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. Well, just, just because, you know, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. That's uh that's, that's the one guys. What's my teenager thinking? Practical Child Psychology for Modern Parents. DK.com in the States, DK.com slash CA in Canada, or just Google DK Books for any of my international listeners. They have great stuff. Or if you got a youngin, What's My Child Thinking is the one from last year, and it's just as good with all sorts of cool stuff. Um, I think that's it for the week, guys. I uh, That's the podcast. Are we uh, are we hanging out to play some video games afterwards? Sure. I'm about some Don't Starve. Dope. I got to do a couple things on Diablo to test, but then I'll jump on with you guys afterwards. Okay. Good. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I'm glad we got everybody on. Angie, next week. Uh, actually, Angie, tomorrow night, are you free to do uh, the next one? Yeah. Groovy. Okay. I love how I'm doing like the post show notes. I can figure all that shit out afterwards. Uh, D, thank you for jumping on. This was fun. I'm glad that we got to have you guys in. I'll have to do right. one with like each of you individually so I can share it with the audience a little yeah, more of like who you guys cool. are. That would be really, really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So Angie, you can share this one with your family too, because now they get to hear Red and myself and Dylan and everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. For me. Yeah, that's fair. I can call him by. Dylan. He's the only one in the group who's actually Red's Vanessa, so she still gets her her nickname. Uh, Red. Yeah, I still say Red. I still call Dylan Water, but I can't even say his name because I see water like that. I've known him forever, so he's been water to me. That's fair. That's fair. Well, listen, uh, I just lost everybody. So I'm going to, uh, my, my laptop just died the perfect time for me to throw it to, uh, the end of the podcast guys. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to thank Angie and, and Dylan for being, uh, on the podcast. It just died at the perfect time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing more of the cool stuff with them. I, I love having people on. Definitely. The conversation flows a lot nicer that way. Um, I look forward to any recommendations for some scary movies, uh, throughout this 
And how about that? The laptop was powering the recorder, so it too died. I am quite some time later uh, <laughs> getting everything back. Thank God it was salvaged. I actually had to salvage the, uh, the recording. I, all those wonderful things that I said with my friends uh, you may never have heard the light of day. So I was lucky that the, the, the recorder has a built-in backup. So having said that, I look forward to all of your recommendations for some scary movies over this holiday Halloween month. Uh, I look forward to anything that you guys want to send me. Of course, the email address as always is contact at one man podcast.com. Uh, a big thank you to Angie, Dylan and red for popping into the episode. Always fun. Uh, I will be back next week. AKA tomorrow <laughs> for, uh, with Angie, we're going to talk about some of those goodies that she got. Um, and she's actually sent a box back my way too. So maybe she'll tell us a little bit about that, or maybe we'll save that until the back, the, the, the box arrives and I can, you know, go through some of it on the podcast with you guys and talk about all that fun stuff. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Like a chicken cherry cola I don't need to try to explain that it's so dumb tired And if it 